Bum, bum, bum. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of TXR, a place to pop a cold one, relax, and just talk games. Of course, I'm your host, YouTube's favorite intergalactic badass, Invader, and me and the panel are just itching to talk about all kinds of gaming news and rumors. But hey, before we begin, definitely check out our website, txrpodcast.com, to keep up to date on all things show-related. Thanks, everyone, who's uh, already here, popped in, and now for the intros. First, I would like to introduce our guest from Saltiest Gaming Podcast, Hyena Den. How are you doing, bud? I am doing uh, really well. Thanks for having me on, TXR. It's uh, awesome to be here. Really awesome to be here. Well, welcome, uh, welcome. of course. Welcome, my friend. Uh, can't wait to uh, get your opinions on uh, all the topics today. All right. Megatron, how's your weekend been, bud? Weekend has been busy, but fun. Hanging out with the fam as usual. Um, and looking forward to doing the show tonight. Welcome, uh, Hyena. Mm -hmm, of course. Uh, Tim, keeping out of trouble today? <laughs> trying, trying. Uh, yeah, no, uh, last week, unfortunately, uh, we were trying to get the show together. Some stuff came up. Um, you know, we try, we're going to try to always be on time on Sunday. Obviously, if some, some things come up, we'll come up on Monday. But last week, uh, something, um, pretty, pretty unforeseen happened and, uh, we just thought better of it. Uh, I knew we, Danny and, uh, and, uh, Southbound and Megatron were just in, uh, in, uh, in LA, they were traveling. So, um, but other than that, happy to be here and uh, moving forward. You know, being here every Sunday with the crew, so we can uh, talk about that Xbox Roundtable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, of course. And uh, Southbound, uh, are you still hungover from drinking with Phil and Megatron from the weekend before? <laughs> nah, you know, but the, the next day I was pretty gun for though. I, I was just like, one over crap. You could ask Megatron. Yeah, everyone looked at me like, you're not. Yeah, like, it was a rough, it was a rough night. <laughs> was that the yeah. night you talked? Was that the night that you were at the airport and you were like, I could do it from the... Uh, no, from the no, no, no. That was the day before. Yeah, oh, okay. I, was, I was in bad shape. Like ten or fifteen too many two tequila shots. It was never it was, such a thing as too many tequila shots. Wow. Well, the next day, you know, <laughs> once you go into double digits, it makes you, a difference. The next day it was bad. <laughs> was it? Uh, was it a drink to each executive? Like, cause, uh, I'm sure that you were uh, hanging out with. The, I heard you were hanging out with some big wigs. No, nah, well, we uh, we had drinks with you know a couple drinks with uh, with some big guys, but no, when we went out and had all tequila, it was. It was just kind oh, of. Oh, you guys were out yeah. by yourself? Oh, okay. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right. No, it sounds like a great time, guys. Now, moving on to our first topic of the evening. And you know what, guys? Personally, I try to stay away from sites like Kotaku, as I find a lot of their articles to be a little, well, subpar some of the time. But, however, this past week, an article was dropped by Jason Schreier, who, who he compiled an absolute bombshell of a story regarding Bioware's Anthem development and just the utter mismanagement that went on at the studio. Now, supposedly, uh, he interviewed 19 employees, past and present, and they laid out the big issues of what happened to Anthem and Bioware 
as the whole story unfolded. Guys, what are your thoughts on the matter? Um, do you feel Bioware just was a total unmanaged uh, mess? Uh, for one, the Frostbite engine, it was terrible to work with. Uh, they had to basically start from scratch with it and a whole bunch of other things. What are your thoughts? Well, I'll go ahead and start. You know what? Because I, I, I read the rebuttal that the inside memo or whatever that Casey Hudson sent to everybody at Bioware, and he seemed pretty brokenhearted about it. And, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, listen, that game was in development for how many years? Seven years? Yeah. Of course, it's gonna be, for a game to be in, in that for that long, of course, there's going to be ups and downs and mismanagement and, and, you know, feelings hurt and misdirection. A game, I mean, a, a total, like, game that should be going smoothly should take about four years. But you're talking about an extra three years to kind of figure out what they're doing? Yeah, it, does, it, it makes complete sense that, it, you know, they were, like, chickens with a head cut off. Well, yeah, it was in pre-production for five years. Like, that's the concept period. They were only in, like, actual full production for, like, the latter year and a half. It's sad to hear about all of that, man. I mean, I'll go on the surface of things. When I saw when they presented it at E3, um, what was it, what, two years ago, three years ago? I was blown away. And uh, to see where it is now and to hear everything that's going on, it's just like, pfft. it's like we've heard it before. Um, I don't know. I mean, when I play the game, I enjoy for what I played with it. But when the division came out, I kind of just stopped. But uh I don't know. I mean, I wonder if they could even save it uh, or if it's even worth saving at this point. It's a good so, question. Well, they do have like updates got... planned. You know, they're going with this whole games as a service thing. But is there enough content going through? Because they keep doing these patches and updates, but then other things get majorly screwed up. You had this situation where... There was this oddity for loot drops. People are actually liking what they were getting, and then they take it out a few hours later, and then people who were, you know, getting these loot, where they were like upset because Bioware had readjusted it, and it just, it just seems like whenever they try and correct something, they do two other things wrong, and it's just really unfortunate that we're at this point now with the game. It's only been been out for what like two months yeah like it, it, it seems like it's already dead now and it's it sucks because the game was actually pretty fun and, and i enjoyed a lot of it but i i hadn't seen the bugs that a lot of people have mm -hmm. but i mean you heard about the one where it was actually breaking PlayStation. Yeah, PlayStation. <laughs> so yeah, that, yeah that's crazy and now if i had a playstation all of a sudden i went to play a game and it's just like pretty much you know, blew up, I'd be pissed. Oh, totally, totally. You know, I, I've heard people had to, like, damn near factory reset their, their PlayStations because of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's it's had its share of issues. Um, my opinion is, is that this game was a victim of its model, the model that they were trying to produce, which is kind of like... I guess Destiny, you know, it's the same type of thing. Um, and I think that that's probably where the developmental time got hung up because, 
you know, you had Destiny come out. Let's let's do Destiny, just you know, the clone. Now, the Des- mm-hmm. first Destiny came out, and it was met with a lot of bad reviews, a lot of problems. But you know what? That game was wildly, wildly successful. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you had the uh, Destiny Two that came out, which is the same model, and it's definitely not as successful as the first one. You even have Bungie and Activision jumping out of the contract. Again, it's I really feel like the model that they're pushing that that this Destiny Two, Destiny model and their model, uh, you know, I don't even know if they do raids in Anthem, but I. I'm going to be personal, personal, completely frank about it. the The model itself, to me, sucks. It maybe mm-hmm. it was it was interesting in the with the first Destiny, but I I don't feel like it's it doesn't offer you the fulfillment of a full game where you're playing a single player and you're building your character and you're playing a full thirty hours. The the, the what you play is segmented. Uh, and it's it, it's it depends on who you're playing with, what level they are. Uh, you can get completely leveled up uh, immediately if you go with higher levels, which kind of takes the fun away. So that's where I find the problem is it's basically with the model, and that's where it, it became a problem because the model itself mm-hmm. really isn't conducive or it's very hard to make a good game using that type of model and that type of concept. Uh, as far as the graphics and everything, it's state-of-the-art, but again, the the technical p- portion of bricking PS4s, knocking out Xboxes, it was the same thing. It was, it was, it was, it's just been a complete mess. And I don't think Bioware really, if you told me they were making this type of game to begin with, I, I would think it's off. I don't think they're the right developer for it. Mm-hmm. I just think that's the way it morphed into it, itself, and they try to be something that they weren't, and because of the market and because of you know games like Destiny, and mm-hmm. that here and lied the problem. So for me, um, I don't think they're a bad dev. I just think they just need to reassess, and I don't think it's the end of the world that they tried to do what they did. But it failed. Uh, you know, Jason uncovered a lot of things with with his article. But you know, every de- de- developmental process isn't going to always be great. There's going to be mm-hmm. problems, and it is what it is. In my opinion, you know, it was more of a problem with the the market condition and what they were trying to build, the type of game they were trying to build. Well, if you if you read the the article, they said that you know Bioware is used to their little quote unquote Bioware magic that's supposed to come together in the last six months before the game comes out, and then you've seen what happened to Mass Effect, how everybody just took a dump on that, and then with this was I mean the the expectations <laughs> expectations were so high for it, and when it came out, it was like wow, this is a really good game, and then there was no substance to it. Mm-hmm. They, it was just like like de- like you said, Destiny all over again. So, oh, well, I'm gonna have to grind this forever for what? Just so I could build some guns? Or, well, you know, like, what's crazy is they weren't even allowed to talk about like mention the D word Destiny apparently at the studio. Maybe compare it to like apparently Diablo. Well, come 3. on, everybody knew that it was Destiny. Quote well, of unquote, course, Destiny killer. 
Of course, but uh, it's like everybody was asking the management, what is this game? And they're like, oh, hey, you know, the whole motto was just to build something new. And yeah, they kind of ended with something very similar to Destiny in the end, didn't they? At least on the yeah, surface, sure. which is it, it's bizarre because they are such a narrative focused studio and with all these interconnecting branching story arcs and that's what was so wanting in the game they just there wasn't very much there 100 percent. so it just it was so bizarre like that's what people are scratching their head at the the content well, itself that's that's listen that's the potential problem that if microsoft with all their studio undertakings now, Phil is very specific on this. He says that he's not going to get involved, even if, if Obsidian wanted to make a PC game only. Um, he's not going to get involved. He's going to leave it up to the developers. Now, it doesn't mean that, that they probably would make a console because it's pretty much all in one now. But he is basically saying, I'm going to be hands-off, let the studios run the way they run. Where Here... You have EA, and they're they're the people at the table that are like, "Hey, let's do let's do something to make money." When you, you know, when when you look at EA games and 2K and stuff like that, um, you know, a lot a lot of not 2K, but um, you know, just the way that their models of their games, um, you know, it's it's about making money, and and I think that they thought this was the right way to go. But it wasn't. If they had made this a traditional single-player, story-driven game with the type of engine that they're using, with the type of visuals, I think we would have a lot more people that were are, ha are much happier with the game. And, you know, if they could have built some type of multiplayer element that, you know, wouldn't take three years mm -hmm. to build, they could have had themselves a really nice game. I still have full confidence in BioWare, to be honest. But I just think that the the situation that they're in is not working with EA, and I wouldn't be surprised if something happens there. You know, well, um, yeah, I really well, wouldn't it, want it a visceral like a situation. Their, uh, yeah, well, it seems like a lot of their their uh, employees are jumping ship. They're like, this is just their crunch time. And you, you heard about all the depression and anxiety over over the games, uh, you know. Yeah. And obviously, you never want a, a hostile working environment. So, you know, crazy well, they people. had they had like really, really like people who had been there for a long time at the main Bioware studio in Edmonton just jump ship uh, through development because it was too much from what it seems. And from key departments to lead animation, lead designer, lead art director, like it, it was kind of a mess. Like when you see like such key figures jumping ship and then they had to like get new people for these positions and then they leave their mark on the game because they take it in new directions. Right. And you know, part of that is, is like, listen, if you, you could see a sinking ship, if you're a developer on crackdown, let's just say crackdown three, <clears throat> you, you kind of know four years in like last year, the game is never going to set the world on fire. It's not, it's not most likely it's not going to be successful. You kind of know where the game's going. And I think that what happened here 
uh, it was the same type of thing. Like they kind of knew, like this this is not going. This model's not working. This is not us. We're about making games with you know, you know, uh, thousands of hours of, of voice acting and and you know, uh, uh, you know, asking questions and answering and taking different paths and this and stuff. And then you're going to a Destiny model. And I find it funny that 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 they said, oh, we can't talk about Destiny because there's a lot of truth to it. It was basically somewhat of a Destiny clone, and they wanted to get that Destiny success. And unfortunately, it kind of even dried up for Bungie uh, on the second one. And now they're just going into something where it's it's even more saturated, and it's over with. Like I said, if they were the first, if if they were the first to hit the market. I think that the game, or with that, with the type of Destiny model, if, if it hit the market, I think the game would have been afforded a lot more than it is now because now it's kind of oversaturated. We we know it's the type of model it is and what it is about. And it's and it was just too comparable, in my opinion, to Destiny. Well, you know, and, and I got a question. I want everybody's opinion on this. Do you think that it was a mandate from EA, you know, brought down? Because obviously, Respawn had to do, you know, uh, uh Apex, you know, they had to do their free-to-play game, you know, and now, you know, they were like, EA's like, well, we got to have a Destiny-type game, so that's when, you know, with Anthem, they decided, you know, that's going to be our Destiny game, and it was just basically from from the publisher was like, it was a mandate, you guys have to do this. I wouldn't uh, know. Maybe possibly, if they want to make money, right? I mean... Well, you know, yes, I think 100% that that went on. The mm-hmm. thing is, like, they had seven years to produce something, and reading the article, they pretty much had free reign to do whatever from the sounds of it, just the Bioware management didn't really steer the developers yeah. in a clear way. Um, and then EA, you had, uh, what's-his-face, Patrick Sutherland, I think, um, he he went to go see the game, and he was like, what is this? This is garbage. And then a couple of months later, he goes back and they introduce, they reintroduce flying. And he's like, oh, man, this rocks. And then that's basically the demo that they used to actually show off the game. So. It was different I, well, enough. I think it was different enough. You got flying, you're flying underwater. You got yeah. your javelin, the different javelin classes, how you upgrade your javelin. I'm disappointed with it. But the thing game. is, they had it to take fun. that out. They yeah, took it out cool. at first, and then you had to like, and then for the designers to like have to go around that, it takes a long time to actually conform to the restrictions when you're uh, designing a game. Like when you introduce flying, so on, so forth, so forth. Like the mission design just goes out the window. From what I heard, and then this is a rumor, and this was something. Um, that is hearsay, so let's take it with a grain of salt. But considering the source, I pretty much I, I would say it's 100% true. Um, I heard that before E3, now they were talking about closing the show. Remember in 2000, I believe it was 16 or 17, mm-hmm. uh, they were talking about where they close the show was, and that Microsoft actually had saw the demo that uh, I guess that Southern saw with the flying. And they were absolutely floored with the game. They were like, oh, my God, we need this game. We need to market this game. We need to have this game. Uh, So they were on board 100%. Uh, 
and as you know, they got the marketing, but it, it was the game just kind of fell flat. I mean, from somebody uh, my, myself, and I know I'm speaking a lot on the subject, like to hear other people's like how you know what he thinks. Um, you know, but I was so amped for it. And then when it came out and I learned what it was about and what it all was, it was exactly what I feared it was like it could be. And I still haven't even bought the game. And I buy everything. Do you, do you think the, t- the hype was too high? Mm. It, did, it didn't help. No, no, end. I don't think so. The game looked great at E3. You're flying around in this badass javelin. <laughs> no, why not, no why what I mean is, was the hype, was it just expected to be so much better than it was? That, like, it couldn't live up to the hype? Who knows, man? I don't. Beats me. Uh, I honestly, like I said, I really think that the problem was is that it, it didn't have an identity. It's still, from what I've heard, is it's, you know I've, I've watched people play, I've watched Mike play online. Um, it's just hey, go to this point, fight a monster, gain points, get loot, mm-hmm. go to the next one. And one of the problem I find with these games with loots is is that they're you know it, the game's funner when you're more generous with the loot but these games the developers are so stingy with the loot that that turns people off too if if, if i was a developer i would give give away the, i'd give away the ballpark and 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 i think that sometimes when they've done that or like even when they have glitches it gets people playing so um I think that the the just the, the the pace of the game or the or, or the way you gather things is, is not is not good, um, and obviously the game. Uh, I, th- I honestly I, I I think that we're not going to hear much of it because it doesn't sound like it's it doesn't sound like it's doing well at all. And mm-hmm. uh, you know what happened with Mass Effect? It wasn't Mass Effect three supposed to get DLC and and all this stuff. Andromeda. And- Andromeda, or yeah, Andromeda, it never happened. So I fear that that's going to be the same thing with Anthem. I mean, it doesn't seem to be uh, looking like it's doing well, and that's sad. I mean, there was one article that it made three hundred million or something, or or grossed that, but uh, mm. I don't know the, the, the ins and the outs, or if, if that really it doesn't it doesn't seem like it, it, it's been a, a, a success. Not even close to what when Destiny came out, it was a huge success. Hey, have they given any numbers to say how many people are still playing as of uh, today, or is it just a has it been just a complete drop off? Like, has anyone heard anything yet? Or I no? don't know anything personally about numbers, guys. Um, I don't know if anybody else can fill us in in the chat about uh, numbers, but uh, if you could, that'd be nice. Uh, anybody else have anything to say on the topic? Otherwise, we'll move on. Hyena Dan, were you interested in Anthem at all, playing it? No. Uh, Anthem, the, the style of game that Anthem is, isn't something I'm particularly interested in. I didn't pick up Destiny, didn't pick up Anthem, obviously. Um, I think the, the closest game that I played in Secession for, you know, year on year was the Borderlands series. Um, and mm-hmm. that was the one thing that actually that, that easily got me into uh, their games. But with this whole article from uh, Jason Schreier uh, and Kotaku is interesting because to me, it looks like it's a clash between uh, the publisher and the developer um and i i this is one of those scenarios where i don't actually blame ea mostly here i i I think a lot of the blame goes to bioware 
Um, and my reasoning behind this is a lot of people say their, their favorite Bioware games, the people that worked on them in the past, aren't at that studio anymore, or at least most of them aren't. So you might have a situation where they're struggling to find their own identity. And with that comes a lot of collision between the people in that studio where they want one thing and then they want something else the day after. And like we read in, in their art article, Flying was in it and then it wasn't and then it was again. And, you know, there was just a lot of back and forth with the studio. And I think I think more than anything, it's a struggle of them trying to find their own identity uh, of what they want to be. Um, you know, for the foreseeable future. And I don't know if that's something that they can actually uh, fix with EA. Uh, they are partially to blame because I don't think them forcing Frostbite onto this game is acceptable because Frostbite... So Frostbite to me, I do have a bias towards Frostbite. Uh, I think the games that they work very well with are, are extremely gorgeous games. Uh, nobody can tell me that the Battlefield series isn't gorgeous. Um, you know, Frostbite works well with Battlefield. It has worked well with FIFA and Madden, and it has worked well with the Need for Speed series. But with RPGs, that's something that doesn't really jive well with the engine. Um, and I, I think maybe if they went with something like Unreal or <laughs> even Unity, which is sad to say, uh, they might have had a better time uh, with some of the things they wanted to implement into uh, their game. Um, and again, it, it's just a, it's a very interesting article. I do think that them being in pre-production for almost, what was it? Six, seven years is absolutely ridiculous for any studio. Uh, the most you'll see for, you know, a lot of these, um, these, these games, most people are only in pre-production for a year and a half, two years at max, mm -hmm. um, six, seven years. That's way, that's way too long. So that, that signifies to me that, they didn't know what they wanted for this. Um, mm -hmm. And I, when it comes to Bioware, I, I enjoyed Mass Effect 1. Um, I didn't play any of their games after Mass Effect 1 um, for you know a multitude of reasons. But I do love RPGs. And if they can go back to that, that would make me very happy as a gamer. But I don't know if they ever are going to. Uh, because it seems like there's just there's an identity problem an identity problem with that studio hmm. absolutely absolutely and you know they have a new witcher game supposedly in the works um maybe they announced that too early we'll see honestly guys i hope that you know bioware gets their stuff together i hope ea gives them more free reigns going forward i don't know i just I hate to be a bit of a pessimist, but I, I just really don't see that happening, um, especially if they use Frostbite. Um, we'll just see going forward. I wish them the best. They have some really talented developers there, and yeah, we'll just see what happens. It's just a shame. Uh, but moving on to some other pretty big and not-so-great news, and of course relating to EA, they have re recently stated that it's laid off 350 employees and these are mostly from marketing and publishing departments uh from what seem to be from japan and russia arms of the company and of course this comes after a slew of rocky months for ea last month or maybe two months ago they laid off a quarter of australian studio fire monkeys 
Anthem, obviously, as we just stated, isn't really doing all that great. And back in January, EA canceled the single-player Star Wars game by EA Vancouver. Guys, what are your thoughts on this? Is EA, like, on a bit of a downward spiral right now? I hope they all I hope they all find jobs, man. I mean Yeah, I that, that's the most heartbreaking part yeah. is people losing jobs. I mean you never want to hear about people not being able to feed their family regardless. Pay those bills, yeah. Where, yeah, where they're at, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, obviously, you know, EA's trimming the fat, trying to, you know, balance their sheets or whatever, but yeah, it, it's it's always Unfortunate when people lose their jobs. Hey, when it comes to marketing, though, you know some of these guys are what picked up as contractors, subcontractors, and isn't that like a common thing? You know, you, you have a new uh, game yeah, that's coming yeah, out, somewhat, somewhat. Yeah. but they just seem to be completely closing up shop in some areas like Japan and Russia, for example. They kind of seem consolidating in certain areas. Um, I don't know. Whenever you hear about studios closing, yeah, and you know, it, it does suck. Um, and you can understand from a company's perspective too, wanting to like rebalance the budgets of certain aspects of it and refocus on areas that are doing better. Um, obviously, you have Apex Legends, which was free to play, and uh, that's been doing amazing for them, competing with Fortnite. Um, so that is obviously a bright spot in their lineup right now, which is very surprising. It just kind of came out of nowhere, but should we be worried about other studios closing? Obviously they closed visceral a couple of years ago without really any word. (laughs) I mean, not not to to go over the last subject, but I do think Mm -hmm. BioWare is in pretty uncharted waters as far as that. Um, They supposedly have a game coming. If that game comes and it doesn't do well, I think they're in trouble. Um, I don't think EA is going to be, you know, patient. You know, they're a big company and, you know, they, they, they... are you know looking to make money and not lose money and uh i think anthem was a big hit they kind of it kind of got uh they kind of got some good luck a shot in the arm with apex um i don't know i haven't been following that i don't know if it's outpacing fortnite or if fortnite took over back again um but they obviously have a, a tremendous success with uh apex Mm-hmm. But I, I feel that Bioware is, is definitely in trouble. And um, if they don't produce or they they keep hitting these, you know, bumps in the road, there will be cuts, there will be developers mm-hmm. cut, there will be guys fired. There's no, there's no doubt. Well, they did that. close one of the Bioware studios, technically, with, uh, what was it, the studio in Montreal, if I'm not mistaken? They they close that right after Andromeda, or they shift people over to another studio. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, that was a while ago. Because yeah, that's why they can't. Well, they, the well, that, that was the team that was working on the the DLC for Andromeda, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when they, mm-hmm. they kind of just scrapped it. Yeah, like I again, not to go over the same topic, but yeah, you kind of have to bring up Bioware again because it's like they were as some people 
from the studio had stated to Jason Schreier, you know, they kind of got lucky with uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, Mass Effect Andromeda. Well, we all know what happened there and now Anthem. So, you know, how long will EA keep them afloat, right? How do you guys um, feel that me and Anthem are free to play? You know, despite people already spending the 60 bucks. Uh, I, I think I did, they would get a bad, be bad. From people that bought yeah. it. Yeah, that'd be bad, especially when you had a couple of million people buy it already. That would be well, there was even rumors about uh, Fallout 76 going free to play and uh, people were in an uproar about that. Just a rumor alone. Maybe so. knock it in the game pass. Maybe I don't know. Maybe something. Mm. Well, they might, especially with uh, the relationship with uh, Microsoft and uh, the marketing rights. So you never know how they would uh, swing things, right? But see, I think the old guard Microsoft um, would would wouldn't work with this. I do think that that like the new guard Microsoft, which is going on with the Xbox Game Pass studios, I I think that they would work well. With somebody like Bioware, I, I honestly, you know, Hyena, ten made some great points, mm-hmm. but I do see EA being a problem here. Like, I do think that they are going to push their, you know, what they want, and and I just, I just am a believer of seeing what happened with like a lot of Xbox studios and 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 you know, and and with Xbox. I just think you're better off letting the developer kind of do what they want and not really put any restrictions and 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 all this type of stuff over their heads. I just don't think it it, it works. And I and I think in the in the case of Bioware right now, they're almost at a point where I don't think that they have a, a, a you know their next game. You know, trying to find their identity and that type of stuff is, is you know, it's going to be critical for them because if they have another bomb or they have a game that just has issues and, 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 and just, you know, just goes by and nobody buys, um, they're, in, they're in a lot of trouble. And I, I would hate to see them go because they are a great developer. Absolutely. Hey, Microsoft uh, buy low <laughs> once they hit the. I mean, unless they pick up the phone and be like, "Hey, uh, come on over." Um, yeah, EA not. would not sell Bioware. I'm sorry. I mean, well, might, no, I mean, you, but you made, you made a good point though. Buying low, they would just let it go to funk. That's my opinion. It's just like they would split it up and they would lay people off. What is, is well, that? Is well, so- at this point, you, you can go ahead and just buy the, the talent that worked there instead of having to, you know, buy the title. Anyone? Hello? Hello? Oh. <laughs> well, we oh. lost. What did uh, we, we lose? Lost, uh, he'll be back. I think he's just having some Aina. internet yeah. issues at the moment, but he'll be back. Um,. Well, on that note, I think we'll move on to another topic. Oh, and there's Hyena Den. Sorry uh, about that. <laughs> no problem, bud. 
we're uh, just going to move on to another topic. And hey, guys, as we know, it's April, and that means new April games with gold. And it's a very interesting lineup for Xbox One games. There's Technomancer, it's, and then we got Outcast, a cult classic remake, uh, the original Xbox Star Wars Battlefront 2, and Xbox 360 game Ghost Recon 2. Uh, to me, it's a pretty good month for xbox gold owners uh guys how do you feel about this lineup do you think it's pretty satisfactory looks good i'm looking forward to playing um ghost recon uh i've never played that one uh so that's about the only game that's on my yeah, list. yeah i'm not i'm not really jazzed about this lineup no? these games i've already played or have <laughs> and you know it really pisses you off when you buy a game and then two months later it's in game pass or a game with gold and you're like Damn it, why not just wait, you know? <laughs> so. Well, that's true, yeah. Um, I don't know, I actually don't mind it that much. I haven't tried Technomancer out, but it looks like a pretty neat RPG, sci-fi. Um, Outcast, I have no idea, but the original Star Wars Battlefront 2, I mean, that's a gem right there, even if it is an OG Xbox game. That Where's is, that, that noise that, coming that from? That is Megatron. and reset your mic. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> no problem. Um, it, you know, I felt like it was a, a, a mediocre month, um, but uh, the star of the, the show is Star Wars Battlefront 2. I mean, even though it's an OG Xbox game, it is enhanced. Uh, it is uh, almost 4K or very close to it. I think it's 1960 or something like that, P. Uh, and uh, it's a good game, so... You know, it's not a great month. I kind of feel like the games for gold, um, we've spoke about this before, kind of gets overlooked or when Xbox is looking to add games um, for free, they look, or, you know, or at a subscription, they look to Game Pass first. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. like, I kind of get the feeling that it's like that now. Um, so uh, the quality... Uh, they get four games compared to two of the competition, but I would like the quality to be a little bit better, to be honest. Yeah, and they do, even though I do like uh, Battlefront 2 a lot, it is interesting that they do keep dropping in the OG Xbox games now. That seems to be like a standard thing. Um, Ghost Recon 2 is pretty good, but again, it's a much older game. I don't know, Technomancer, I mean, to me, it doesn't seem like too too bad. Um, Outcast, not too shabby, really. Um, I don't know, I'm kind of, I don't mind this list, to be honest with you guys, but could they have done a better job? Yes, they they definitely could, especially, and then when you make those uh, comments about Game Pass, Tim, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really see, feel like they're trying as much as they could at this point. And even so, if you look at PlayStation Plus as well, this month they have uh, they were they're down to two games now, and they're offering Conan Conan Exiles and The Surge, which are well pretty decent games in my opinion. Who do you guys feel did a better job with their free games, Xbox or PlayStation? Probably, probably PlayStation. I mean, I'll go on popular, but I'll say PlayStation this year or this month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, The Surge, from what I understand, is like a Souls-like game and uh, yeah. sci-fi, and 
It definitely has a strong following. Uh, I know it dedicated a bunch of people who talk about that game. And Conan Exiles, I see people posting pictures of that game pretty often, too. Well, at least they did in the beginning, anyways. Um... <laughs> oh, yeah. Po po posting the nude pictures. That's what I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hyena Dan, how do you feel about uh, the games with gold this month? Um. So... Honestly, all of my attention's towards Game Pass. I, 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 more often than not, I don't even look at games with gold anymore. Um, with this month, the only game I would probably, I, I still think with, with games with gold, especially with the backwards compatible stuff, I think they're worth picking up because I, I think uh, I'm right in saying that um, the if you download the OG Xbox ones, they're free to keep forever um in yes, your library mm -hmm. yeah so yeah so like it doesn't hurt to actually download those specifically um and but the only game that I, I i care about in that entire lineup is uh battlefront 2 because uh, i enjoyed that back uh, mm -hmm. way way back in the day um ghost recon might be interesting um but everything else i'm just like eh. <laughs> with playstation i don't i i think it's like it's a 50 50 lineup because I don't actually think Conan is a very good game. Uh, my dad picked it up uh, and I've been watching him play it these last few days <laughs> on uh, his PlayStation four. And every time I walk into his room, I'm, I just look at that game and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully he's uh, put some uh, clothes on his characters <laughs> <laughs> and it's not a cold day in the game. <laughs> but uh yeah you know uh xbox could do better guys in my opinion um like it's an okay month but they could they could do better with what they have um but we're gonna move on to another topic uh and really it's an interesting rumor this one a prominent Microsoft leaker teased a possible addition coming to subscriptions for xbox calling it xbox game pass ultimate and it would combine Xbox Live Gold and Game Pass into a single subscription. Now, no word on pricing, but it would be assumed that you'd probably save a bit from this combination. Fourteen ninety nine. No, no, they, they, yeah, it's just a fifteen ninety nine. That was oh, really? fourteen ninety nine. Uh, yeah. 14 .99. Oh, fourteen ninety nine. Well, that was fifteen ninety nine. Yeah, so basically fifteen bucks. Oh, okay, okay. So, what's your guys' take on this? Is a good good step combining them? Are you saving any money though? Or is it just, is it come out the same? Mm, it comes out the same, and and that's you know I guess I'll, mm. I'll, I'll I'll give my take on it. It's the same uh, previewers or 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 people that are in the preview program that want to try it out. It's one dollar a month. Now this uh, I believe uh, there's a little bit of uh, information left out of this Xbox Ultimate. Um, I think it's included. This is me going out on a limb. X Cloud functionality is tied into it. So mm. for the Xbox Live uh, Ultimate, you will get uh, functionality to, you know, um, you know, use your game and and play your games and and incorporate X Cloud. Uh, I do think that X Cloud is probably going to be included with Xbox Live somehow. Um, and uh, that'll be the pricing on it. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I've heard different things. I've heard they definitely will have a pay model, but I'm 
pretty strong. I pretty strongly feel that Xbox Ultimate will be the inclusion of xCloud, and that's the missing link. Because first things first, the red flag for me, why would you need an insider to test the price change? That's basically the same as what you would get if you bought it yearly, if you bought, if you bought both of them yearly. And then second is if it's going to be Ultimate, Ultimate usually in standard includes everything. Mm-hmm. So that to me is going to signify that xCloud is going to be uh, included with this. And um, I really hope that's the case because I think if they have that, that's a completely uh, a fantastic deal. Um, you know, I think that that's a real fair deal. Mm, really absolutely. quick, guys. Is that my mic? You guys still hear something or I can't tell? Uh, we hear something, but I'm like, like a, a, a weed whacker. Like, oh, you know, what? <laughs> that, that, that might be me. Hey, one of the neighbors is weed eating. I was wondering if you guys could hear that. I was like, um, is that or what? Just a little, just a little, but uh. For those of you guys with Game Pass, like Hyena Den, would you be interested in a service like this that just basically encompassed everything on one? Uh, I think the simplification of this stuff does help out. But like Tim Dog said, uh, I, I think xCloud is one of the missing links with this that's not being talked about. Um, I'm very, I, I'm interested to see if. They, because we, we've heard of the monthly price. I want to know what the yearly price of it is and if there's any savings there. Because it, So if you multiply you know, the monthly, mm-hmm. uh, it's it comes out at the same price as right. if you were to do both of them uh, for the year. It's like 180 bucks or something like that. Um, so I wonder if they do it if there's going to if they have a yearly bundle and there is savings there because that's not being talked about at all um if there is even if it's like 20 bucks 20 30 bucks um i think that a lot more people will be interested in that um but yeah like i i for, for me <laughs> i usually get a lot of my game pass and gold from uh microsoft rewards mm-hmm. um so i don't know it it definitely seems like an interesting idea, especially if xCloud is a part of the entire bundle. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see and wait for more information uh, regarding this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Uh, it's an interesting leak. Uh But moving on to other news, and recently some very spicy news here, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice was released. And hey, it's been getting some very positive talk and reviews just across the board. And it seems like it's a game that's very well liked at this point. However, there's been a few gaming journalist opinion articles popping up about how Sekiro needs to respect its players and add an easy mode. Guys, how do you feel about this? Should games automatically have easy modes in them? Or should we just go by the developer's vision for the game? Well, you can't... There's not one answer for every game. You know, every game is different. So I think this game... Now, don't get me wrong. I've never played it, and I like I'm not, I'm not. 
I'm not attracted to like torture games where you know you like you're playing <laughs> you're playing for five hours just to beat you know like you know ten percent of the game you know and, and it's just you die a thousand times for it. Now, hey, most people they 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 like it. They they they're up for the challenge and everything else. Now that that doesn't mean that I want an easy mode. That you know, no, I demand because I I really like this game. I want to beat it, so I can't beat it in this current you know incarnation. So I want I want them to dumb it down for me. No, that's not how they wanted to make it. They wanted to make a tough game. So how are we supposed to like question their vision and just assume that they want to make it easy for the average player to to beat? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, now, I can't say because I, I haven't played the game personally, but a lot of people are attached to these kinds of games. These, uh, Like the developer from Software, they develop the Dark Souls series, Demon Souls, and their games are kind of known for that, too. You have to really... Uh, get into them a different way. You have to really learn from your experiences of the game and, well, die a lot from that. <laughs> um, Listen, I, you know, I understand when people say every game should be accessible to everyone. <clears throat> but the fact is, in this case, with this developer... This is what they do. They make very tough games, and there really shouldn't be anybody to tell them, well, you have to have an easy mode. I don't think that that type of, you know, um, checks and balances is needed on, 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 on developers. I think there's plenty of other games. I'm like South. I don't have a use for the torture-type game. I'm never going to touch it. I'm never going to touch Demon Souls. But I respect 100% that the game is made that way. It is the developer's developers division vision to do that. Um, There are enough games that are easy enough. Um, Once we start telling, in my opinion, developers what they have to do and put restrictions on them, you get into some you know, you get into some unwanted scenarios. So I'm totally against uh, telling them that they have to make the game accessible. Well, my perspective, yeah, let the dev make the game, but if the numbers aren't showing that they're buying the game or people are being are being afraid to even try out the game, then maybe it, it, maybe it could possibly be an option to just say, hey, we'll put like a uh, Dark Souls light uh, option in the game where you can, you know, uh, try it out. You know, yeah, but people, but people make... are acting like they're really surprised that the game is so hard and that people mm-hmm. are going to have trouble with it. I mean, they've been testing it for, you know, they usually test the game for about a year before it comes out. So it's not nothing new. They knew it was going to be hard. So if they wanted to make it easier, they would have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, you kind of learn from the game in a lot of ways. I mean, you approach certain games differently. Like, for example, you're taking on uh, these bosses, these challenges, and then there's a certain allure of that about mastering uh, yourself against all these different bosses and just learning the way that they move and interact and you learn their fighting styles and so on. It's like... Uh, an accomplishment in a lot of ways, you know? And there have been all kinds of really highly praised quote-unquote hard games in the past before, and they don't really ask for easy modes. Take uh, Ninja Gaiden, for example, or Battletoads. Heck, I'll I'll give you a really recent example, too. 
And it's a game that I absolutely love. Cuphead. Mm. Cuphead, you got to spend, especially with certain bosses, like you guys put in your time and learn what, um, like what shots work, what different kind of types of weapons work, and the movement and whatnot. You got really putting your work into it, yeah. and that's that's the fun of it, though. And then when you finally beat that boss, it's like yes, you know, it's such an accomplishment. <laughs> no, it's true though. Like the thing is, the game is just so gratifying that way. You love the art style, you love it, it, you love the gameplay. It's just, and then when you finally beat that boss, there's a, it's an epiphany almost so i can understand these people when they're like well you know just leave it the way it is and how the game devs it like uh made it because i don't know like there's a lot to be said just for the game the way it is well yeah. the counter argument would be like well you should uh, you should um that's fine you could still do that if you have a difficulty level and you should make a game easy <clears throat> so not only all of us can play it, but even people who are aren't um, as you know, you know, people have disabilities, people have problems that those people shouldn't be excluded. <clears throat> and I understand that part of the argument, mm -hmm. but that's like something like what Microsoft done with the adaptive controller. That's that would that's a step yeah. forward. Um, but in the end. Again, it's it's kind of like I, I don't want to bring politics into it, but I'm just drawing a line there. There has to be, you know, it's kind of like you know what in government when they say keep government out or mm -hmm. don't don't tell people what to do with you what you want. You once you start putting restrictions on developers, it's it just it's it's just not fair to them in my opinion. They should be they should be at liberty to make whatever game that they want. And if that game flies and successful, it's it's up to them. If they want to make an easy mode, great, make an easy mode. But yeah. if they don't, you can't tell them to make an easy mode. That is not fair to them, in my opinion. And what people will say, well, it's not fair to the people that can't get to play it. Like I said, take myself for example. I understand that the game is torture, or you know, it's 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 going to be that tough. So. I respect it, and I move on. And I play a game that maybe I, I would have a little more fun with, and I don't have to rip my hair out. I respect the developer's uh, vision, and I think that with everything that goes on with developers, this is not a thing that we should be pushing on to, on them. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like in a way that we're way too hard on developers in a, in a lot of ways, and just putting restrictions and and having guidelines is just not the way to go, especially now. Yeah, I'm I'm personally uh and this is coming from like the artistic side of me. I am not a fan of telling creatives what to do, when to do it, so on and so forth. Um like uh going back to the whole cup thing. Um this speaks, you know, truths to me because about a month and a half ago, I 100%ed Cuphead. Um huh. and wow, impressive. That felt really amazing yeah uh and i was super happy when uh that happened i'm with secure and all these different types of games that are harder than others um i don't personally go out of my way to play these games or play games if they have a, a hard a hard mode on them unless there's like an achievement or something behind it if it is then i'm definitely going after it but you know 
when it comes to these games, I'm I, I think I'm more in favor of something like um like how the Elder Scrolls or the or the Fallout games do where there is an uh, they call it elastic AI where everything the difficulty scales depending on your own character and uh, when games do that they I, I think that's probably the best approach because it's a middle ground um, but like I said before I'm I, I'm not a fan of telling de- developers what to do um, so if if from software's vision is to make these games hard then you know I'm 100% behind it if their vision is to make their games easier i'm 100 again uh you know with it i'm the only time i'm not with uh easy modes in games is if it ruins the entire meta of a game uh so for example um with forza motorsport 7 they the developers <laughs> i know this seems contradictory to what i just said but the developers um, turn 10 added a friction assist to the game and what this did was uh, usually when you drive a car off into the sand or the grass or anything that's not tarmac uh, it had uh, a level of friction to it where it does slow your car down but with this friction assist you could literally drive across sand across you know grass anything that wasn't tarmac and it would not slow you down whatsoever um there wouldn't even be a penalty a penalty to your handling characteristics so in multiplayer it, it almost ruined multiplayer uh completely because people didn't have to actually drive on the track anymore they could just drive straight through everything um in that case i don't think making a game easier would be good for uh, a game because it almost hindered the entire multiplayer aspect of the Forza series. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> there's so many different things uh, that, that I want to say on this topic where I'm like, like I enjoy games that are difficult if there's achievements by, behind them and I'll go after them. But uh, I think games that I've enjoyed the most uh, you know, from Bethesda specifically are the ones that have elastic AI where, you know, it's, you know, if you want to grind, you can grind. If you don't want to grind, you don't have to. Everything scales to your own character and how you set up everything. But, you know, I, I'm usually behind the developers with their choice. And if From Software says that, you know, this is their vision, then uh, I'm, I'm behind it. Um, I don't think, I, I think they understand the numbers that they're getting from their games uh, sales wise. Um, and I think at the end of the day, I don't think they care. <laughs> I, I think from software is looking <laughs> at it they're like, we know we can get more sales by making it easier, but I, I think they're com- contempt with what they actually have now. And, you know, if they weren't, then they probably would have changed, changed it uh, to make it easier a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I wish them the best of luck. The game looks phenomenal. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm not really huge on like the Souls types of games, but Sekiro has caught my eye. I wouldn't mind uh, giving it a go sometime. And uh, honestly, I, I hope that uh, they don't change their vision for the games going forward because they make some really, really interesting games. And uh, all right, moving on. It's. Uh, Never a good thing, guys, when game servers get shut down. And in a recent Sony announcement, it was stated that 
racing game drive clubs content will be delisted in August and that the servers will be shutting down. The single player will still work, but not online and actual drive clubs will not. So guys, what are your thoughts on this? Does Sony just not see any interest in keeping the supposed Forza killer around anymore? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's sad for the fans if they want to continue playing online, but um, I mean, is there anyone still playing? So does it even matter? Probably some people <laughs> play this. I mean, the VR has only three years old, so mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I think there were people playing. I I I, I think that um, that you know, I, I don't think it's good when like like uh, Invader said, whenever they cut down studios. Um, no. especially after I think it should be like 10 years it, it, considering you can actually play Forza 2 on 360 well right yeah. now Evolution Studios I think that's what the studio name was called was shut yeah. down like a year or two ago and ago. they kept yeah. the they had like a small team at Sony or some studio working on this, uh, just remnants of the game. And now they're finally shutting down the online for it, which is unfortunate because the game, it's beautiful. Um, and there was an allure to it. I mean, I'm sure that there's a drive club community and the whole thing about drive club was these drive club communities. And now they're just kind of taking it away. Unfortunately. Have any of you guys played yeah. Drive Club? Never. Mm, I didn't. I haven't played Drive Club, and I, I think I from from the beginning, I've said that I didn't think Drive Club was a very good game, and my reasoning behind that was because um, I, I have had history with uh, Evolution Studios uh, in the past, from you know PS One, Two, and. Mm-hmm three and i've always been under the opinion that motorstorm is the oh, oh. losing hyena oh ip and this this news i went on a whole rant on salty's podcast uh, last thursday about this i know you're botting oh i'm still botting or not okay <laughs> somebody can take over it's all right uh, we'll get back to you in a moment um but you know the I don't know, the game just wasn't successful, guys, and it's unfortunate, um, especially for a game I remember at the beginning of this gen. It was kind of billed as a Forza killer. You know, it was supposed to be a big game for them, and it just never worked out. It kept getting postponed after postponement. It was supposed and- to be a, a free game, right, or free to play, mm-hmm. and then they um, ended up ultimately make you buying it. So yeah, it was a, a mess from start to finish. <clears throat> Yeah, it was a really unfortunate scenario there. It was supposed to be free to play, and then they announced, oh, yeah, yeah. you had to buy it, like you guys were saying. And uh, can we hear you, Hyena? Uh, I might be okay. I'm not oh, sure. All right. Sound there good, we go. Sound good. Sound good. Can, yeah, sorry about that, my friend. It's all right. Yeah. But yeah, like last Thursday, I went on an entire rant uh, on Salty's podcast for this topic specifically uh, because I do have history with the uh, Evolution Studios, um, and like I, I don't like to um, pile on like bad news, whether it's Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, like whoever. Uh, but with this news, it, it gets under my skin because it's one less IP for me to get and get back into the PlayStation ecosystem. Um, and like people that know me know that I 
have loved the Gran Turismo series for so many years now. It's unreal. Um, and then same thing with uh, MotorStorm. And it's like, well, you took MotorStorm away. You took Evolution away by shutting them down. I only have Gran Turismo left from you. And GT Sport wasn't the answer. It wasn't what it should have been. Um, you know, I, I think this news is very unfair to the people that did buy the game. Uh, a lot of the microtransaction stuff that you end up buying, what's going to happen with that? You know, the whole basis of Drive Club was the online interaction clubs. And now you don't have the club part, you know. So it's it's just, it's just very, very unfair to the people that uh, ended up buying the game. I know some people are like, well, you know, they delisted Horizon 1 and Horizon 2 uh, years ago. And that's a 100% factual. But those, still, those servers are still on. You can actually buy or you can actually go on to, you know, Forza Motorsport 2 three and four, you know, from 2007, uh, 2005, seven and nine. Um, and uh, you can play those games online still. They all still use, you know, Xbox Live. Uh, you know, I don't think, I'm pretty sure that people were still playing uh, Drive Club, even if it was a, you know, minuscule amount. I'm, there might not be more than a hundred people at a time playing the last gen for it's the games, but those servers are still there for them. Um, I, there might, with this situation, it might be a scenario of just penny pinching and just wanting to save money, you know, with, with uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, their servers. But I don't know if, saving money in this scenario is worth the backlash that it it did get briefly on Twitter and, uh, you know, elsewhere. Um, but it, it really is unfortunate, you know, for the people that bought it for me, because now I'm never going to get a motor storm or anything from that studio ever again. It's just, it's annoying. <laughs> mm -hmm, absolutely. Well, yeah, it's unfortunate. And it was a highly touted game from them at the beginning of this gen, but well, We'll see what happens down the road, guys. It's just never a good scenario when game servers get delisted and so on. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, people will be able to keep their content and so on. But moving on, and as the panel had uh, speculated and talked about two weeks ago, Borderlands 3 has officially been revealed. And a reveal tr trailer was shown off at PAX East. It showed environments around Pandora, new villains, Vault Hunters, some familiar faces, and over a billion guns. And all of which sound pretty good for a new iteration of a game. However, some news out outlets were stating that it looks disappointing. That it doesn't look like a game from this gen. So guys, I have to ask, have you seen the new Borderlands 3 trailer? What's your reaction and are you looking forward to Borderlands 3 at all? I've seen the trailer. Um, it looks fairly decent. I've never really got into the series at all, but um, I am going to probably try this one. Mm -hmm. Unlikely, but uh, I don't know what all the backlash is about. Um, well, just the way the game looks, pretty much like uh, there was some articles, I think specifically from Polygon, that were uh, blasting it for uh, just not looking it, that. Borderlands 3 doesn't look like a proper iteration going forward, that it looks a lot like Borderlands 2. <laughs> I find that really honestly ridiculous. When I saw that article, it reminded me of the whole, you know, Crackdown 3 situation. I'm like, what do you are what are you expecting those games to look like? 
they they have a specific art style to them. If they didn't look like that, they wouldn't be what they actually are. <laughs> I Absolutely. wouldn't I wouldn't want Crackdown 3 to be something hyper realistic because that's not Crackdown. Same with Borderlands. Like I don't sometimes I just wonder what goes on to the minds of some of these journal, journalists with uh, you know making articles like that and I'm like what are you expecting this game to look like? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think I've stated this before, guys. Like, I kind of got burnt out with Borderlands. Well, Borderlands 2 in particular. I really like the first Borderlands. But, I ha- like, in a way, I have to defend this game because I saw the trailer. I've seen it multiple times. And to me, Borderlands 3 looks fine. Like... I think it all comes down to what Hyena Den was uh, hinting at, the art style. That cell shading just doesn't really lend itself over to graphics necessarily. And yeah, Crackdown 3, like it got the same, same problems a a couple of months ago because people are like hounding it for the graphics, the look of the game, when it, like to me, it looked all right. And uh, well, it's pretty hard with the cell shaded style it's pretty hard to get a next gen feel i just think that 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 kind of speaks to the uh, acumen of people that are journalists today uh you know the same person would say that but they're playing on a 1080p tv they're not Mm -hmm. on next generation console (laughs) um there's so many things that you know you could say about them but you know it, it probably sounded like a I know the article. Um, it it did come off a little bit click clickbaitish. Uh, I don't think we should draw so many conclusions over a trailer either. To be honest, mm-hmm. I think far too much is done that uh, you know in, in in both ways. Sometimes we like Anthem. Two years ago, I would tell you my most anticipated game of 2019 would be Anthem, and look at how it turned out. So. Not really a big fan of the Gearbox developer, to be honest. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think I stated that on the show. They're just, they're just not. Uh, I'm, I'm not really a huge fan of them. But the series, if it stays too true to its, you know, its roots, is going to be cell shaded, and you're not going to get on something amazing looking cell shaded that's going to, you know, look like God of War Four. I'm sorry. And as a journalist, you kind of should know that. You should kind of. Maybe mm-hmm. not, you know, blow the whistle on it so so early. So uh, I'm with uh, you guys, or you know, hyena. It's just it, it kind of it does remind me of the crackdown thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, just uh, more or less with cell shaded games or those type of games. You, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get that level of realism that you're gonna get from uh, a game like Titanfall or Apex or or you know or Anthem. <laughs> yeah, no, it is interesting, Tim. Um, and the game has a release date for apparently uh, September now, so it will be coming out pretty soon. But even just going through the trailer, you know, there were some environments there that, even from a distance, they 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 did look impressive to me. Um, like you had like a really futuristic city, um, which was really nicely lit up, and they. <clears throat> they talk about having a billion guns, guns with legs, and there's just some impressive stuff, uh, in my opinion, showing off there. It's hard to tell from initial trailers, I'll admit, but I'm willing to 
give this game a chance. I give any game a chance right off the bat, even whether it be an anthem or whatever. The developers just need to show me. So we'll see what happens with that, guys. Um, does anyone have anything else to add on that? Yeah, um, so I was going to quickly say that I know that Microsoft removed the uh, tab or filter or whatever it's called uh, on their store page uh, about this game, uh, saying that it was going to be online co-op. I do genuinely hope that this is that co-op is a thing or sorry, cross-platform play uh, co-op. I really hope that this is a thing because um, Borderlands was something that me and my best friend uh, used to just play for hours on end on our 360s way back when. Uh, he doesn't play on Xbox consoles anymore. Uh, he plays on PC now. And if it is cross-play and he can play on his PC and I can play on my Xbox, I think that would be really awesome. And I'm hoping it's true. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for this game uh, nonetheless. Uh, I, I do find it kind of, not cringy, but just funny in a way whenever they do their their stats reveals for these games and they say oh you know it's gonna have a billion hours billion guns this and that and i'm like when you say stuff like that i i understand like it's not literally a billion guns it's a billion different combinations (laughs) um but like (laughs) it's i i look at the stat and i'm like it, it is it is i understand what they're trying to do it is shock value um you know and everybody you know looks at it and they're like wow that's amazing Amazing, oh. and you know, I I think with Borderlands two and one and oh, oh well, just a little bit. You're doing good now. Oh, I might be potting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, when I looked at the stat, I'm like, I, I understand what they're doing, uh, but I know nobody's ever going to get near, a, not even a percentile of that number. But you know, uh, at the end of the day, I thought it was it was finally cool to see that it was uh, revealed. Um, and uh, I'm excited for it because I, I really want to play with my best friend. Uh, well, percentile would be what? One million. So they'd have to do one million combinations. I don't think that's happening. <laughs> that's a, good a percentile of a percentile. Yeah. <laughs> well, zero, 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 one. It would just be yeah. nice to have, like, because you have all these looter shooters out right now, and uh, you know there's been some controversies, as we said. But Borderlands really encompassed looter shooter pretty well, in my opinion. And it would be nice to just have it back on the block again, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, one other thing that I thought was really cool that they said um, at their, I think their PAX panel was uh, that uh, you can now add scopes to your guns. Where so like if you had it, if you picked up a random gun through loot in the in any of the previous Borderlands games, if it had a scope, it had its it had a scope. You couldn't take it off. If you found a gun that didn't have a scope, you couldn't put one on. You you were just stuck with that. So I do think that this this um, added level to the customization uh, is really cool and probably um, feeds into that whole one billion different combinations where now you can add scopes to almost to everything you want or take them off rather. Uh, so I thought that was really cool uh, that you can now mess with scopes and stuff. Hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, guys, I, I really want Borderlands 3 to do well. I guess we'll have more information coming, whether that be at E3 or in just down the line. But we have a September release date. It's coming out soon. And honestly, I wish it the best. We'll see what happens with that game. But moving on now, about 
two weeks or so ago, the panel gave some thoughts in anticipation for the ID at Xbox Game Pass and Sony's state of play. Now, those events have now come to pass, and we'll give our impressions on both. Now, just to recap the events a bit, both were relatively short. The state of play had more Days Gone gameplay, Mortal Kombat 11 trailer, and a bunch of VR games. VR games like No Man's Sky VR, an Iron Man VR game, and some more concrete Genie gameplay. Now, the ID at Xbox Game Pass stream, it had a bunch of indie games showing off Killer Black Queen, open world, open world game Outer Wilds, and Bleeding Chrome, and a look at After Party and Operancia the Stolen Sun, and a few more games, of course. And a bunch of these games are coming day one to Game Pass. Now, guys, what do you think of these streams? Do you think that they should continue doing them? Did you like any of the games showing off? You know, give me your impressions. Hyena, how about you go first? Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, um, Hyena, then. Did you uh, I've went first like four times. Yeah, I, I did. I caught both uh, State of Play and uh, the ID at Xbox Game Pass, uh, one that they did. Um, I do like the format um, of both. Um, I do enjoy Inside Xbox, um, don't get me wrong, but I, I think mm-hmm. that some of their episodes have gone on longer than they should have. Um, but... I don't mind. I don't mind both formats. So even if idea or sorry, if um, Inside Xbox was less than uh, an hour, I'd be okay with that too, because I do like getting you know the deeper dives with uh, developers and stuff like that. Um, but it, uh, on the same or on the opposite side of the coin, um, sometimes I just want a very condensed version of information thrown at me, and State of Play was uh, just that. Um, I wasn't necessarily a fan of the content inside of what State of Play was because I'm not a VR person, um, but I do enjoy the format of that. With uh, ID, at, ID at Xbox Game Pass, I was really jiving with that show because, uh, like I said before, it was very condensed and it had a lot of games I'm extremely interested in. Um, I ended up doing uh, a video on it because I cover a lot of Game Pass on my yeah, channel I think now. I apparently, saw that actually, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm really interested in, in a lot of games that that they showed off there. Uh, first and foremost, Void Bastards. I cannot wait for this game yes. to drop. Um, there's there's so many just different cool games in there that. Uh, did deserve to be uh, highlighted. Um, uh, like I said before, Void Bastards. Uh, I-, I keep pronouncing this game wrong, apparently. Uh, uh, Operentia? Op- <laughs> I-, I keep saying Operentia, yep. but I-, I don't know how to pronounce this dang game. But uh, I already have that downloaded on my Xbox, uh, ready to play it and everything. Super excited for that. Outer Outer Wilds uh, by Mobius. Um, Killer Queen Black looked really cool. And then After Party, a lot of cool stuff in uh, in that stream. And uh, really excited to play all these games. I, I liked, I did like the the, the format for, for both of them. Uh, just I didn't like the content in State of Play, but I did love the content in ID at Xbox Game Pass. A lot of cool stuff. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I like the format of uh, both. Um, yeah, the Xbox, how do I put it? 
I think I prefer the streaming to the actual live show, to be honest with you, because there's no dead air. Everything's kind of condensed. It's focused and they just have everything back to back to back and everything just like it just seems a lot more. I don't want to say professional, but everything just goes a lot more smoother that way. Um I I didn't mind both to be honest. Um I did feel that the ID at Xbox Game Pass had more titles I was interested in, but you know, there is something to say about Sony's state of play too. I mean, there wasn't really a whole lot there. They showed off some VR games, but there is room for improvement and guys, oh, they yeah. could they could get better. That's the thing, right? It's their first show doing that. And considering they don't have any E3 planned, you know, they, you know, may give it a month or two, it could actually get a little better. Yeah, I think once uh, around E3 time frame and, you know, closer to PSX's time frame, I do think that the type of content they will have in State of Play will be much better than what they first showed off, where it's not going to be as uh, VR heavy. Um, not saying that VR doesn't have a place in it because it does, uh, but... You know, like, I, I do think there's going to be bigger titles that they can showcase in their stream that can sit alongside, you know, something like A Day's Gone or Concrete Genie or anything else that they, they have with their first party or second party uh, lineup. Um, but yeah. Oh, absolutely. And Concrete Genie, you know, it looks like we've seen this title before and it looks like a pretty interesting game. Um they showed off more days gone and uh from what i saw the game looks impressive it comes out later in april and it i don't know it just, it just kind of strikes my fancy i guess i'm not really huge on the whole zombie thing but i, I don't know i kind of like the whole you know you got a motorcycle you can wander around an open world ish kind of game seems kind of neat and yeah the xbox games that they showed off uh like killer queen and void bastards actually it's funny you mention operencia i download that as well from game pass i played it it's actually a pretty fun game more traditional rpg but it is a beautiful game guys if you're into more of the uh, old school rpgs definitely give it a shot it's a lot of fun it has an interesting story kind of decent voice acting i don't know it, it, it's kind of light-hearted and i i'm really enjoying it uh tim have uh what do you think of the shows oh boom boom but yeah. i'm here i'm here um <laughs> i just didn't want to you know uh hear I have stuff in the background <laughs> so i had it on mute so my opinion is nothing sony did with their show there was nothing really wrong with the show um, I kind of was hard on the show because kind of I feel like whenever Xbox inside Xbox comes on and I feel it from both sides from Sony fans and even Xbox fans that they expect like world level, you know, shaking announcements and it's really not that type of show. And uh, I feel like it always gets caught up to it in that. And then at the end of the show, everyone's like, well, that was garbage. What was this? You know, <laughs> Um, and, and they critique the show and they get all, you know, crazy about it where sometimes they say, maybe we shouldn't even have a show, you know, or, or Xbox shouldn't have a show because this is negative. Now, um, this will be the last to talk about inside Xbox, but the show has to be condensed into what your content is. So if you have an hour worth of content with developer, uh, 
you know, interviews and stuff. That's fine. An hour and 15. You don't have to make it two hours every time. That's just an oversight. That's that's way too much fluff. That's way too much overthinking the situation. You got to condense it down to be, you know, an hour. Now, for Sony, I felt like they did a very good job of, you know, just getting straight to it and showing you what they had. Now, what surprised me about Sony showing was it was really heavy VR focused. And what that tells me is, is that, you know, while Xbox is, you know, double down on the cloud and Google's double down on the cloud, that Sony may very well be double downing on, uh, put you know, double down on, on VR. And it's probably a smart move for them because they can corner the market because they are definitely the market leader and they are leading the industry in that, in that aspect. So I, I think that uh, part of maybe not going to E3 and doing this type of venue or this type of show is because they can show off their VR and get it more uh, seen because you really can't show it at E3. Nobody wants to see it at E3. Um so I, I felt it was very VR focused. That, that was telling. Um, they showed Concrete Genie, which I thought was looked very good. Um, Days Gone to me is is not really uh, catching my. I think it's going to be a decent game. I don't think it's going to set the world on fire. I don't think it's going to be a ninety Metacritic um, Metacritic uh, masterpiece. You know that Sony fans mm-hmm. have gotten in the last. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, the last year it's just been. You know, I don't yeah. think I think it'll be a decent game. I think it's going to be closer uh, to like um, uh, Detroit. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the way I feel too. Um, but the overall show I felt was was okay. I just don't think that people should expect much from these shows, whether it's PlayStation State of Play or Inside Xbox, and and even in State of Play. Uh, I saw a lot of Sony fans and, and fanboys. They were critical of the show. And part of that's because there's no E3. But part of that's just because gamers are just insatiable. We just want the big announcement. We want Megatons in the middle of April. And we never get it, but that's just the way we are. We want that. And mm-hmm. when you have a show like that, you, you just you it's just it's just hard to set expectations and have, you know, its base get you know be satisfied with those expectations because most part inside xbox and state of play are going to be low expectations um and i feel what worked with the indie show which xbox had was the expectations were very low Mm -hmm. and i felt that um the show actually was was well done um i felt they showed the games off well i felt that they they explained the Developers very well. I'm very interested in after party, you know, mm-hmm. drinking with the devil, and uh, I thought that that kind of concept is was was kind of cool. Uh, they showed some very interesting games, but again, the level of expectations on that show was pretty low, and I think that they matched that and they satisfied people. I just really feel like with these shows, just the fans of the show—that's both Sony and Xbox—have to realize you're not going to get E3 level, you know. You're not going to get mm-hmm. E3 level uh, announcements. You're not going to get you know something huge, in my opinion. Um, you're going to get them for an E3 or or a Sony show or Paris Games show for Sony or whatever whatever Sony's doing, and or XO. I, I just feel like these are just going to be filler moments, and 
really that we have to go in with that type of expectation. Mm-hmm. And if we do that, these shows can actually be um, enjoyable because it isn't enjoyable when everyone comes out and says, Oh, escape room was horrible, which it was. <laughs> um, and this is a joke. Xbox is a joke. No games, no games, no games. Like, come on, this is just a show in the middle of freaking January. So, well, Sony's pulled out of everything pretty much from gamescom to their XO event to even as everybody knows E3. So I, I can see why they would want to do even just a smaller scale event at this point, you know, like or stream just to like at least highlight games that are coming like very soon, whether it be indie titles or games that we already know about. Um, again, I, I think there is room for a state of play to grow. And that goes the same with uh, Xbox Idea Game Pass. Uh, obviously, Xbox is promoting the heck out of the Game Pass and what titles are coming in. I actually really enjoyed their uh, small segments with the devs. You know, the devs talking about their games from the Outer Wilds and After Party. They seem to be really, really hyping up the game as they should. And uh, they, they just had a certain personality to them. And I really liked them to how they described and talked about their game and uh, how it just kind of evolved. Yeah, I, I like that too. I, I I felt the Xbox that show was actually done better than Inside Xbox, mm-hmm. um, and it was you know much less scale. Uh, Nick Zulish and Chris Chris Carla did a good job there, and mm-hmm. um, the production value was was good. Like like I, I felt the same way. Like I felt when they talked about the, you know the uh, the, the the developer for uh, what is the name of it the. After party uh, or outer wild? After party, yeah. The after party was was pretty cool. You know how they started out, and, mm-hmm. and I like the concept of that game. I think it's it, it could be, uh, you know, it could be it could be very cool. I, I, I is that <laughs> game coming to Game Pass Day One? Yes, I think That's pretty so. Nice. Yeah, they announced they... like three or four games that uh, would come day one. Yeah, I think it's there was five games that they listed that's coming day and date to uh, Xbox Game Pass. After parties, like the entire scenario of it is just I find it <laughs> hilarious. It reminds yeah. me of it reminds me of Beetlejuice. Um <laughs> and like that, that entire concept, but uh it looks like a fun game. <laughs> no, it absolutely does. And I love the uh the color palette to it as well. I mean, I like uh, I mean, I right. like all kinds of games, but I do like the way that it's kind of styled too. It's kind of different. Um, it looks like it looks like the last night, yeah, uh, yeah. by Tim Sorrett. That that developer looks a lot like that. Which um, which that game supposedly is an Xbox uh, console exclusive. I wonder where that game is. That game looks very interesting. That well, it's kind of in development limbo, from what I'm to understand. Um, I'd have to do more research yeah, on no, it. Yeah, Tim Tim addressed that. Tim Sorrett, who is the, I guess he's the controversial creative lead on that game. Um, so a lot of people don't like him. I think he did something. I don't know. It's something political, but I don't know mm-hmm. what it was. I don't really, I didn't really investigate it because I don't really care. But um, he, his Twitter I actually follow and, and he had, he had addressed that. And he said that those, all those rumors are untrue. Um, it's probably like you said, just probably going through a little bit of developmental yeah. uh, hiccups in hell. 
Well, okay. hopefully we hear about it soon or soon-ish. Because the last time by E3 this year, the last time we would have heard of it was two years ago. Yeah. From what yeah. I understood, the uh, develop the publisher of it, uh, I think uh, they dropped it. So it was there. What's probably taking so long is for them to find a new publisher. So hopefully oh. they found one by now. But no, that's definitely the last night. Like they, the art style, just the concept itself, I'm really interested in. And I, I really, really want to hear more about that. So hopefully we get to see more of that at E3 for Xbox. That would be nice. Um, but, you know, guys, we're moving to the sunset of this show. And now I think we're going to be talking about what games that we've been playing recently. Um, Hyena Den, what have you been playing recently? What games uh, have you beat anything recently? What's been on your uh, console these days? Oh, geez. Um, well, uh, like I said before, re-downloading, uh, you know, Fallout 4. Uh, hopefully that should be done by tonight so I can uh, replay that, rebeat it again. Um, I, I recently beat uh, Child of Light, which I, I really enjoyed that game years ago when I first mm. played it. Um, very. Oh, you're bond. It, it was a really good game by Ubisoft. Um, what else have I actually played? Um, I, I, obviously, I'm always on Forza Motorsport 7, you know, doing online races. Um, just a little bit of everything, honestly. Um, I don't know if there's anything specifically that I'll be picking up for the foreseeable future. Um, but yeah. Oh, also, boy, I got back into uh, Borderlands uh, 1. I didn't pick up the the, the Handsome Collection mm -hmm. or um, the, what is it, the, the remastered one that they did. Um, their Game of the Year. Uh, I didn't pick that up either. But I do have the 360 back and pat version of Borderlands 1. So I decided to get back into that as well. Oh, it's so a little bit of everything. Very nice. Are you aware of the uh, Forza group? There's a Forza racing group uh, in the community. Uh, are you a part by, of that? By Sticks, yeah. I think. Stick figure. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Um, I. I. I wanted. I technically I am. <laughs> we did uh, a bit of racing in a Forza Motorsport Seven um, a few months ago. It's really fun. Um, I don't. I'm not as active as I would like to be uh, within that community. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, I whenever I'm almost on Forza Seven every single day playing online. Uh, it's just kind of one of the things that I do to to pass the time. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, you know, I just you mentioned Forza, how much you love it, and I thought I'd shout out Stick, and you know, there's a wonderful group there, yeah. of, uh, just racing fanatics there. You know, everybody wants to like do some racing. Definitely check out Stick yeah. and group. Send them a message. They're really awesome guys. Yeah, exactly. Um, Megatron, we have you. Or... I heard my name. I can <clears throat> barely hear you guys. Can you hear me? Oh yeah, I was just gonna ask what games you've been playing recently. Um, Division Two. Uh, I want to apologize to everybody. I can barely hear anything. I don't know what's going on with my headphones. Um, I think I need new ones. Um, apologies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay, apologies. but um, no issues. No <laughs> just some technical issues. No worries, guys. But hey, Division Two, that's a pretty awesome game. Uh, from what I understand, everybody's posting pictures of that. Uh, Tim Dog, what have you been playing, bud? I have been playing, I just finished Devil May Cry uh, 5, which I highly recommend. 
Mm-hmm. I think I talked about it last time. I was pretty close to it. Um, the ending, while I finished it, was very uh, impressed with it. Really old school type of, you know, action arcade game with tremendous graphics, tremendous character variation. Uh, the story, which I didn't, you know, skip through at all. I listened to everything. Uh, while it's kind of convoluted, um, it kept me interested. Um, uh, I love the characters from V to Dante to Nero to uh, I forgot the girl's name in the boss, but whatever. In the, in oh, the, uh, Nico. Nico, yeah, uh, they're all really memorable, and the uh, the way the game ends is memorable, and. Um, I highly recommend it. If you can get this game on sale, if you haven't gotten it, or if you see it and you really want to have a fun experience on it. And, and like I said, it, it encompasses the, the visuals too. One of the better looking games is Jen. Uh, pick this game up. Highly recommended. Um, really great game. And after I finished that, I started up a simple game called Gears, Gore, and Cannoli 2. Oh yeah, which, guns uh, gore and cannoli. Guns, yeah, <laughs> uh, guns gore and cannoli too. Which um, I played the first and finished it, and it's a real um, simple game. And you know, we we're talking about accessibility and stuff like that. This game is a game that um, is very accessible and uh, is very fun. And uh, I love the character, and uh, it's just an old school shoot 'em up. 2D scroller type deal, uh, which uh, uh, you know I, I really am enjoying. It's just uh, simple games like that sometimes have a you know a charm to it, and I really recommend this game too, especially the first one. If you're going to get it, get the first one and then get the second one. Both games are great, and uh, that's about it. <laughs> I, t- I I started also Metro Exodus, which extremely good you know uh like stunning graphics i'm just not you know i I just i i might have to replay from the start i played like you know maybe 40 minutes of it right and um i don't know something it's just it's just not just didn't grab me the way i was expecting it to grab me but sometimes i've noticed when you play games when you're tired or if you're not in a great mood uh, sometimes that can alter your experience, um, and I fear that that might be the case with this, so I have to give it another chance. Uh, one of the games that actually I had played Doom, I remember, and I was like, I played it like 2 in the morning, and I was just like, this game's not that. <laughs> it's like, I wasn't impressed with it, and then I came back to it, and I genuinely loved Doom. I finished the game, and you know, I felt like the first level was kind of crap, but other than that, I felt like the game was just like once you powered up and you got your abilities and and really ratcheted things up, it was uh, a really good experience. So I, I kind of got to give Exodus uh, uh, another go, but I wasn't really like I thought I was gonna really be taken in the game, and I don't know, maybe it's just the way it started off, kind of just with the story and you know um, all that stuff. I, I just I guess. I got to give it another chance. And then I transitioned to Guns Gore Cannoli. And uh, that's where I'm at because, you know, that game's simple and 
And sometimes it's just sometimes you just want to play games and not think. And uh, that's that's basically what what's been up with me. Awesome, awesome. Well, don't give up on Metro because, funny enough, I just beat Metro Exodus about a week or so ago, and it is one heck of a ride. Um, I really like the way things are in the game. Like, it's really different from the traditional Metro games previous um they really open up the world at certain points you can get to go to different environments and the whole train aspect is interesting just traveling around um i like that i really enjoyed the game uh there's a towards the end of the game i'll admit for those who have played it i won't spoil anything but i i kind of felt let down a little bit at the end but overall the actual experience of the game it is really really fun uh what else have i been playing uh from game pass i played and beat what remains of edith finch and abzu both games i did enjoy although i think i enjoyed abzu a bit more just because it was a bit more uh colorful and abstract what remains of edith finch is fine it just it kind of went by really quickly in my opinion it's a very short game but it does have a very meaningful impactful story for those of you that know what i mean um and as i've stated before i have downloaded operencia uh from game pass as well and for those of you that enjoyed the traditional RPG, the old school RPG, this is for you. Uh, the game is really colorful. Um, the world is just cool to explore. It's lighthearted in a lot of ways. It's just a good adventure. It's a very old school adventure game. And it harkens back to that those days of uh, dungeon crawling. And I, I, I'm enjoying it personally. I'll probably get back into it soon. But I've just got so many games on the back burner right now. As a lot of people know, it was my birthday yesterday. And I got two really Happy awesome birthday. games. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. And funny enough, I am just started playing Devil May Cry 5. And I know exactly the comments. What do you uh, mean, Tim? Um... I like it. The game is beautiful. The story is pretty crazy. It's Devil May Cry, that's for sure. But, uh, <laughs> but hey, you know, that's Japanese developers. They have really crazy uh, storylines. But uh, one thing I'm not too sure of, uh, Tim, the pacing of the game at the beginning is like there's some shorter missions. Do they keep doing that throughout the game? Um, Yeah, the, the missions, there's... um. There's about 20 missions in this. So, yeah, it, 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 some oh, of the wow. missions are longer. Um, but, yeah, um, some are short, some are, you know, but there's 20. It, I felt fulfilled as far as the length of the game. I felt like it was just right. All right, all right. No, I'm definitely going to keep at it. I also got Ace Combat 5 on the back burner ready to go. I've been playing so many games, I should shut up right now. Oh, and also Stellaris 2. I won that in a Twitter giveaway. It's a console RTS, space RTS. And it is surprising. It's very detailed, very engrossing. And I definitely suggest uh, real-time strategy fans to check it out. I'm having a lot of fun with it. So a lot of games on the go right now. But, guys, with all that said, 
Uh, we've come to an end of this episode of TXR. And thank you to everyone that stopped by to listen and participate in the chat. And before leaving, definitely hit that like button. Give this video a good thumbing if you could. And subscribe for future content as we plan to keep coming back with future episodes. And a heck of a lot more topics. And now on to the outros. First off, of course, Hyena Den, thank you very much for coming on the show. Where can everybody find you, bud? Absolutely. It was awesome to be uh, guesting on this show, uh, and hopefully I can make a return. Well, we'd uh, love that. Uh, um, that'd be great. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you guys can find me every Thursday night on the Saltiest Gaming Podcast and on Twitter at Hyena Den XBL and on YouTube and Xbox at Hyena Space Den. I just put out a video a few days ago titled uh, The Xbox uh, Game Studios Dream Team, and it is now officially my fastest tracking uh, video on my channel. Um, so thank you everybody for the support with uh, that. Um, and that is it for me. All right, fantastic. Definitely check out his content, everyone. If you haven't already, there's some information in the description below to check out his channel. He produces some really great content. Uh, I've been following him for a while. Really great guy. Definitely check out Hyena Den. Uh, Mr. Tim Dog, where can everybody find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Beastfire Tim Dog. Um, pretty straightforward. Uh, uh, you know, happy to be here, and uh, that's where you can find me. Uh, thank you, Hyena. Like I, I was telling you, I think uh, pre-show or whatever that um, fan of your work. I checked it out. Uh, yeah, and and you do a good job. So thank you. Appreciate. Thank you for coming on, and uh, you know, keep making the content because uh, you, you seem to have a good knack at it. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And it's unfortunate about uh, Megatron Southbound. They were both having some uh, some audio issues, but uh, their information is listed in the description below if you'd like to follow them on their Twitter accounts. Uh, they're very lively on there, and of course they'll be back as well. And as for me, Invader, you can find me on Twitter at Invader underscore 1986. And, of course, on YouTube, Invader Gaming. If you give it a search, look for a little uh, robot guy. And, yeah, guys, that's the end of the show. Thanks again for coming out. You've all been great. And uh, don't forget to share this out. And with that being said, guys, take it easy. Bye-bye for now.